Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to Fresh Fit Podcast. We're here with Rolo Tomasi. Hey. In the building. Yes. Guys, today is a very important episode, man. Let's get into it. What's up, guys? Myron Gaines here, one half of the Fresh Fit Podcast. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, guys, Anchor is totally free. You don't need to spend your own money. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. unmute us we are back hey what's up guys welcome uh the intro went a little bit longer we got to make an edit to it thank you guys for joining us on the fresh fit podcast tonight um you could be anywhere in the world but you're here tonight so uh listen quick announcements guys patreon.com slash fresh fit where you guys can find all the uh behind the scenes content to include me kicking out and frank castling annoying girls like the chick from yesterday uh that was a ridiculous video (laughs) and uh and then guys also do us a huge favor go ahead and subscribe to our boy rollo tomasi's youtube channel the rational mail and also the rational mail clips Clips channel. We're going to put all the links below in the description, as well as the studies for today's show. Um, guys, with super chats today, I'm going to read them right now. But uh, for the rest of the show, we're gonna we're not going to read them because this is a very important topic. We have a lot to go through, and uh, we have a whole outline. Um, and we're going to get into it. So, uh, Chris, can you pull up the yeah, super chats real quick? Oh, it's sound. Um, and guys, let us know if the sound is a one on your end. Give us some ones in the chat if it's good. Uh, Trey's sick right now, so <clears throat> yeah, you know he's he's recovering. Pray for Pastor Trey, man. Pray, pray for Pastor pray for Trey, him, man. So, um, uh, just give me a second to get the that's ready. It seems like it's not okay. One, all right. So sounds are all good. Okay. Um, all right. All right. So uh, okay, guys. So today's episode, we're going to talk about um, grape culture. Okay, and and, and I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to refer to the word. We're going to be talking today, guys, about rape culture and sexual assault, okay? For the rest of the show, we're going to refer to rape as grape, and we're going to refer to sexual assault as SA, okay? Obviously, you guys know the YouTube algorithm is very sensitive to certain words yeah. and everything else like that. Yeah. So we have to uh, conduct the show in a way where we won't get flagged. But we're going to still give you guys the information, but just for all intensive purposes, for the remainder of the show, when we say grape, it means rape, and when we say SA, it means sexual assault, okay, guys? Mm. So now that we got that out the way, We'll uh, read the super chats real quick, um, yeah. and then from this point forward, guys, all super chats are going to be shown, but uh, we will not be reading them on air because we got to stay on point here. We got a lot to go through. The prime fifty dollars, um, uh, super sticker. Yeah, and then he sent two for, for some. Reason. And then he sent another one. Uh, Can we please get the numbers straight on false reports? Absolutely, yeah. don't worry. Already we we've yeah. already baked in, man. Yeah. Documents, man. <laughs> yeah. So um, okay, so. <sighs> 
right. So what led to, to us doing this episode? So as you guys know, we bring girls on every single night on this podcast, and we have a bunch of different discussions, uh, whether it's uh, dating, money, uh, relationships in general, you know, polygamy, monogamous, monogamous, being monogamous, you know, dating with Instagram, everything else. We cover a bunch of different topics in contemporary dating. And one thing that seems to prevail in many modern day women's minds is this idea that we live in a grape culture in the United States. Okay. And um, it's funny because uh, they say they're not safe. They feel unsure. They don't want to go outside, but you're still partying, getting lit. So let's let's cover uncover what is yeah. So we're gonna debunk a lot of myths today, guys. All right. So this is probably gonna be one of the most definitive videos uh, debunking this uh, grape culture on the internet. Okay. We've done our research. We got Roald Samasi in the house. Right. For you guys that don't know, the Rational Male, author of the book series, where you know he uses empirical data to support a lot of his um, stances as far as intersexual dynamics. Mm -hmm. So first, we're gonna define what is a Grape culture. So, uh, can I, Chris, can you let me, let me, oh, let me, throw, sorry, let me throw one thing in yeah, here, please. just real quickly. Sure. <clears throat> the very fact that we can't even use the actual term should indicate to you where we're at with all of this. Yep. When Myron called me for, like, we're covering why, why do we do this? Okay. Myron hit me up and said, Hey, will you come out here? We want to do this episode. And so we did our homework. We did our homework for the last like week and a half on all of this stuff here because you have to be that accurate. And the reason why this is going to be a really touchy we have to be very very careful with this is because we live in the fields before reels social order right and so we have to be very you know why why did it take us so long to even come on here and do all this other kind of stuff is because you have to be on top of that because what you're going to do right now is we're going to have a discussion between empirical data and emotionalism yeah and that's why women are going to watch this and they're going to get very very upset so we're trying to be just know from the outset that we're trying to be as you know, we're, we're no, this is not an endorsement. This is not an apology. This is, you know, grape is a very bad thing. Yes. Okay. So yes. let's just, let's set that out from yes. the outset right now. Okay. Yeah. No one at this table here is endorsing anything, apologizing for anything, anything like that. We are simply laying out data. So yes, that's what go. we're going to do. Thank yes. you for that role. Cause guys, at the end of the day, this is a very serious and heinous crime and it needs to be punished to the fullest extent of the law. Yeah. However, we cannot let people come in and dilute the facts and make uh, the crime less serious by overinflating numbers, which we're going to show you <laughs> very soon, which is actually extremely alarming that it's made it to this point where we literally have an idea. People are running around saying that we live in a grape culture. But let's define what, what is a grape culture exactly. So uh, Chris going to pull up um, the, the definition here, uh, you know, the, how modern day people use it from Wikipedia. So uh, let's see here. Normally, you would never use Wikipedia for anything, but this perfectly summarizes how people look at grape culture in the West. OK, so uh, grape culture is sociological theory of a setting in which grape is pervasive and normalized due to societal attitudes about gender and uh, sexuality. Behaviors commonly associated with grape culture include victim blaming, slut shaming, sexual objectification, trivializing grape, denial of widespread grape, refusing to acknowledge the harm caused by, you know, S.A. violence or some combination of these. It has been used to describe and explain behavior within social groups, including prison grape and in conflict areas where war grape is used as psychological warfare. Mm -hmm. So can you can you scroll up back to the top of that real quick there? OK, mm -hmm. this article is about a concept of grape mm -hmm. culture for the 1975 film. Now, remember that that's how long this 
notion, this meme has been around. Okay. I say this on them on my account all the time, my my channel all the time, is we're still using language from ancient times. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so this is a, a perfect example of of here we are in 2021 using a term that was coined in 1975. Yep. And the other thing, too, you guys got to understand is that when someone says, oh, we live in a grape culture, you're basically saying, hey, it's normalized. It's accepted. Right. Last time I checked, it's illegal in the United States. And as a matter of fact, if you're even accused, you're guilty until proven innocent. I would argue that we've corrected to the point where if you are even if, if you are a rapist or you're even accused, you're going to be ostracized by society. So the whole I, this whole notion of we live in a grape culture is asinine because you there's no way that you can be acu accused and or can it's punished to the full extent of the law if there's if there's yeah. if well, it's found beyond you, a reasonable doubt. Whenever you whenever you put not the, legal whenever you put the term culture yeah. behind uh, as a suffix, let's just say yes. for any term, you and, and this is intentional. You intentionally make whatever it is that you're talking about endemic in that society. Yes. So when we, I'm sure you've heard the term hookup culture, yep. okay, which is patently ridiculous in a time where this generate generation z is having the least amount of sex of any other generation but yet yeah. we live in a quote-unquote hookup culture because right? we're using the female or else it's i remember in mid 2000s maybe it's the late maybe late 2000 or uh, mid 2010s it's bro culture yeah right? bro cult, lad culture in in uh in in the uk whatever anytime you put the term culture yes after another term you make it endemic and people go, oh, yep. is that what is that what's normal? Is that what they're all doing? Is that what the cool kids are doing yep. right now? Yeah. It's like it, and it's, that's, it's, it's a social thing. And it's supposedly something that's like encouraged, like frat boy culture or whatever. culture, Gamer culture might be another one. Of too. course. Yeah. yeah, this is serious, man, because think about this, right? Now you're involving a serious topic of grape, but mm -hmm. with feelings, because think about this. Right. You, you date a girl, things go bad. You know what? You can say, you know what? I retract that, that offer I did before with mm -hmm. this uh, consent. And mm -hmm. you know what? I don't feel like this is a good idea anymore. Yep. I'm gonna take it back. And we're gonna talk about that yeah, we'll talk about extensively. Consent, uh, yeah. yeah, we're gonna definitely talk about that as well, guys, and where we're gonna go in the future. So we have a whole outline here. So um, so obviously we don't live in a grape culture just off of what the definition is of like it's not accepted, it's punished to the full extent of the law. And I would argue that if you're even accused of the crime, you're guilty until proven innocent. We have Brett Kavanaugh, we have uh, professional athletes that have been accused, Derek Rose, etc., where an accusation destroyed their reputation, Kobe Bryant, etc., and the victims walked. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I would argue that we're definitely not in a grave culture because it's punished. So that's number one. Next, um, how did we get here? Okay. Um, clearly, it's not an epidemic, as people try to say. But how did we get here to this Me Too era, this, uh, this grape culture hysteria? Uh, Rolo, do you want to give the people a... Uh, well, okay. So first and foremost, I think that when we, when we first started talking about like grape culture, um, we're, we're looking at a time like in between like 1975, as I said before, and here we are now and it goes through cycles. So whatever, what happens, whatever's politically expedient, whatever is ideologically expedient, if we can use it at that particular time for whatever, whatever purpose that we have, it will, we'll bring it back up again. So for instance, when we're talking about Me Too, right, the, the hashtag Me Too thing, the hashtag Me Too has been around since 2006, like almost almost immediately after. Well, how, what was it? Like, Twitter's like only like 2005, right? Uh, me, ooh, I forget I when that when when it was. Look, but I know that the hashtag has been out since 2006, but nobody even had nobody cared about Me Too, hashtag Me Too 
until right around 2016, 2017, yes. when it was something that could be, again, politically expedient. It 2006. Could be, it could become weaponized. And that's exactly what we did is we weaponized these particular, these endemic memes, right? It's like, okay, well, we're going to use this now. We're going to try to, uh, the Brett Kavanaugh thing, um, Really, I think what they wanted to do was a dry run for for trying to, in some way, bring down Donald Trump as a result of his, you know, his past behaviors and everything else. So if we can bring him down, that was one thing. But the other thing is, is then you see it being used um, in other ways, like mm-hmm. with with celebrities, with sports stars, with Brett Kavanaugh is another good, good example of this. And what's funny right now is as hysterical as everybody was during 2017, 2018, right around now. Nobody's talking about it now. I mean, you can still get, you can still see the hashtag if you want to, right? But it was Me Too, and then it was Times Up or something like that was another one, right? And it was supposed to, you know, raise awareness to all these things that are going on. And of course, everybody piles on. And if you look at this, uh, statistically, if you look at the time where those accusations go from like just sort of baseline to when Me Too happened, they shot through the roof when when that was the popular thing that was the endemic thing that was going on in the culture at that time. So is it as a result of a raised awareness or is it as a result of opportunism on the part of people who wanted to have, who had something to gain by coming into all of this? Now, of course, I can't say that at a certain level. Well, I can say it now because we're, we're past the fact, mm-hmm. right? But during that time, you can't, you, it's something that is unspeakable. So believe all women, that was a, that was a hashtag endemic yep. of, of the culture at that time. And again, We've never had it this easy because we have social media. Mm-hmm. You couldn't do all, you couldn't do me too. You couldn't do uh, believe all women. You couldn't do uh, whatever, uh, you know, time's up. You couldn't do that prior to the internet age. Mm-hmm. And now that we're here again, it's that we're in this global culture where we have this instant communication and now suddenly, Oh yeah, me too, me too, me too, me too. Me too. And, and so suddenly everybody's piling on at that last, at, you know, to, to, you know, feel special or to have some sort of, you get their stories kind of told. And so now everybody comes out of the woodwork. Is it genuine? Is it authentic? Hard to say, because again, you could just simply call it hysteria. Yeah. yeah. The thing is, uh, especially with us, you know, us other people, right? Whatever's trending, we want to hop onto, right? Mm-hmm. And for example, if this is a, if you're a victim of this uh, grape culture or grape, uh, you know, topic, mm-hmm. you go to the police, right? Or you should go to the police at least at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. But what happens is because it's trending to go online, at least back in the day to say, Hey, you know what? This happened to me too. Let me chime in and, and add to this trending topic because mm-hmm. they get attention, right? right. So most, uh, I want to say, some women they did it just because of the attention and because because it's trending, which mm-hmm. is gonna get scary. Because think about this: if you're a guy out there, right, and you for whatever reason, I want to say, piss off the girl that you're messing with, she can say, you know what, I'm hop on this bandwagon and then shame you and get you in trouble mm-hmm. because of how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just crazy, man. Access. And I was, I would also want to point this out too, is that we also, we were discussing this on last night's show when we were talking about marriage and stuff. Um, we've never been at a lower time for uh for marriage like i think it's like 6.5 percent per 1000 right yeah. now it's a like as Lowest for as long as birth rates yeah for as long as they have been keeping statistics for this what is the number one way of women gaining wealth like wealth transfer is through divorce if, if men and women are not getting divorced we have to replace that resource tra- transfer somehow so if it is more convenient to have a false allegation or even suspicion it doesn't even have to be an allegation. It could just be a suspicion that this guy might or might not have put that out on on Twitter, put that out on you know Instagram or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the threat is still real. The mm-hmm. threat is still 
Well, you could lose your brand of me, right? Your personal brand, because I'm going to accuse you, or I'm just going to throw like the seed of doubt out there. And then now suddenly you're going to lose market share or whatever. You're going to, you're going to lose some money. So let's settle out of court, right? Let's, and, and I mean that figuratively, I'm not saying they actually are settling out of court, but it's like, you know, what's it going to take for you to, you know, to not say anything? Well, the fact that you're trying to keep it hush hush in, in, in that sense means that something probably happened. And all that does is feed into that suspicion that much more. So, and again, it's about the guy. Nobody cares about impropriety when it comes to women. It's only the guy because the guy, men are supposed to be like, you know, we're supposed to be in control of our sexual urges. Yeah. And that's, that's what makes us have integrity and all that other good stuff. But again, the resource transfer comes from SA accusations. The resource transfer comes from let's settle out of court mm -hmm. or else you will never create another, you know, feature film, Johnny Depp. Yep. Right. You will never create another feature film uh, with James Franco. Yeah. You will never. Kim, Kim yeah, Amin, exactly. I think his name is the actor. You'll never right work now. in this town again. Yeah. You're yeah. getting extorted right now by mm -hmm. a woman. And, and here's the thing also uh, with, with the Me Too era that that is is crazy to me. Since the 1960s, right, we've become more and more politically correct, right? We've become more and more femme-centric, become more liberated, you know, become more liberal in general. And uh, the, the thing that we seem to forget is that the truth is objective, right? The right. truth is objective. There's one truth. But what's happened now is that we say the truth is relative. And not only that, let's take it a step further. We say the truth is relative <clears throat> and uh, to the person and everyone's truth is valid, yeah, which living, is crazy living my truth versus the actual objective exactly so so we live in dangerous times where anyone's truth is considered valid you know what i'm saying one person might interpret it as this another person might interpret it as that and we're going to get into here guys right now the, uh what i mean by this when i say we're trying to make everyone's truth valid when the facts don't necessarily uh <laughs> coincide with what that person believes is their truth so um with that said so we discussed the me too era um, and the dangers of that, of that. So let's define great guys. So we're going to pull this up from the FBI. Hopefully they, they uh, entered the chat as well. Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. Uh, FBI in the chat. <laughs> so this is the most update updated uh, definition of it. Okay, guys. So Chris, um, it was what you had before. Yep. Okay. Um, so it goes here. Uh, the penetration, no matter how slight of the vagina or anus with any body part or object or oral penetration by a sex organ of another person, Without the consent of the victim. So just so you guys know, the the you know, they had different definitions for it before, but they've expanded it so that both genders can because it used to be for the longest time, only a man technically could grape a woman. It never worked the other way around, but now it's been expanded. So if anything, the numbers should increase, right? But we're gonna show you guys how they actually haven't, uh, compared to um, you know, the hysteria. So um, so now that we know what grape is, and then as far as essay goes, guys, that's an extremely and that's you want to talk about essay well, real quick. I was gonna say, then Rolo, go then you get into ambiguities here. Yes. And that's the that's the um that's the side of this whole equation, I guess, that um becomes more useful when we talk about weaponizing me too, when we talk about um uh getting into issues of consent, which we'll talk about here in a little while. I don't mm -hmm. I don't want to jump ahead too far. Yeah. But when we say that any sex without consent is meets the definition of of grape mm -hmm. um that's when you get into sort of these blurry areas in these gray areas like well did that constitute it or is it can it be retroactive can it be proactive like is it is it regret is it what 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 is it that is like where's the wiggle room 
in that definition because that sounds very concrete objective yep. objective reality objective truth Dang. right there versus the subjective reality which is well uh ha- in uh in i think it's in australia they were uh they're toying with these uh ideas of uh, adjusting consent so that if a woman has sex with a guy um, who she believed was going to be uh, a lawyer. He's like, he made you know partner in the law firm or he's a surgeon or say so sells him stuff. And the next morning she finds out that he's actually a, a sandwich artist at Subway or a barista or whatever like that. She would not have given consent. <laughs> you want to talk about opportunism, right? Here, here, here it is. She would not have given consent to this guy to have sex with him. Had she known he was a barista in the first place instead of, him selling himself as something that he wasn't. So mm-hmm. it's this, it's this burden of authenticity that's based on the guy who's like trying to, you know, trying to get in there. He's trying to find an end run around the hypergamous filter there. That right there is technically an act of rape in depending on what the definition of consent happens to be. And the and consent can be retroactive. It can be it can be given at one point and given and, and removed at another point. And unless you have that objective you know, definition or that objective, you know, this meets the definition, this does not meet the definition and anything else is just like, sorry, unless that, unless that was the case, then, then, then it doesn't meet the definition. And the problem with this is those definitions are very important when a man's life is on the line as a result of that. That's why this is so serious. Your subjectivity, your feels before reels way of creating law and legislation puts a man's life in the balance of that yes and that's uh, perfectly said so let's start t- looking at the studies okay because um i'm sure you guys have heard we brought many women on this podcast that have argued with me and said well one in five women is great or a victim of essay on college campuses all right feminists here we go. let's pull up the studies from which they derived this uh fact okay there's three studies that me and rollo identified pretty much that uh, are the main source of this uh, hysteria, okay? The first one here. It's here? Yeah. Uh, one second. So Chris is going to pull up the first one. We're going to show you guys these three studies right now that yeah. have created this hysteria as far as college campuses go. Um, so the first one here is the sexual victimization of college women, and this is from uh, Bonnie Fisher and her team from 2000, okay? This is one, and then let's go show them the next one. And we're going to talk about the weaknesses in all these studies as well, guys, so yeah. don't worry. So. Uh, uh, Chris, the next tab. One second. So, uh, and then the next one here, guys, is going to be um, the campus sexual assault CSA, and this one is from 2007. Mm. Okay, so we got there. You go. There you yep, go. and this and one. We'll provide links for all of these. Yeah, and so the links are going to all going to be in the description at the end of the show, guys. Um, and this one is from. Uh, scroll down a bit. This one I think was from the. Uh, this one is from I think the office. Scroll up to the top. Scroll up to the top. I think uh, this. Yeah, um, scroll down. National Institute. Down a little bit. Uh, RIT. Research RIT, RIT, Okay. Tra- scroll to the top. No, because this one, this one, I think actually came from the government. Scroll to the top. To the top. To the top. Uh, all the way. Uh, the campus sexual assault study. Okay. So, and these are the authors of of this study as well, which we're gonna. Uh, so, yeah, it was published by the U.S. Department of Justice. Okay. To provide better, because okay. So, uh, so that's w- another study. From 2007, and then the last one, guys, is going to be, and we're going to talk about all the holes in these studies here very soon. Uh, repeat rape and multiple offending. This is from Lysak et al. And this study right here is um, 
pretty much responsible for the kangaroo courts that we have on college campuses where the guy is pretty much always, always considered wrong. considered the and uh, aggressor. And still setting the standard today. Exactly. Okay. So these are the three predominant studies that college campuses use to come up with this faulty one in five. So let's talk about these studies uh, real fast. Uh, really, you want to hit it first? Well, I mean, the first thing is it's it if you, on the surface of it, the one in five me and that's and that's what these are basically is memes uh, mm-hmm. when you have the girls come in here and like i i was criticizing the redhead girl like on my show last week mm-hmm. um, they'll come in here and they don't know what the definition of misogyny is mm-hmm. or they'll come in here with and remember i forget the girl that acute that that told you like one in five gave you oh, the one in five the, originally the like, blonde girl yeah, yeah like we'll they, they, they probably would not be able to tell you where that came we just we yeah. just looked it up here it is right here those are the three studies but guys. they would not be able to tell you where they've got that data from or where that where that entered into their brain where did you get that from they would not be able to give you these these studies as a resource right now we go and we look them up and we go okay is this for real is this not for real um but you have to remember that even this generation even though they don't have the actual access to the empirical data that they think that they have that sounds right It's emotionally satisfying to say, oh, one in five. Right. But if you think about it, that is like it's it's ludicrous at that point. Statistically speaking, one in five is actually is pretty ludicrous. And I've got the uh, let me see where I put this here, because think about it. Most college campuses are actually uh, attended by women. So if that's one in five, that's a lot of women being targeted for. You know, great. Right, right, right. Okay, so um, so most recent data from the Department of Education indicates that approximately 10 million women are enrolled as undergraduate uh, undergraduate students. Uh, one, the one in five figure would indicate that two, two million of them will be sexually assaulted at college. That's 400,000 to 500,000 sexual assaults per year. My question okay, is Okay, so yeah, go ahead, go ahead. so why on earth would like like if you were I have a daughter, right? Like why on earth would you send your daughter to any major university with with figures like that, okay? So so assault three year, depending on how many of the schools are, are classified as four or five year schools. Um, for for comparison's sake, under the expanded definition of grape used by the FBI's uniform crime reports, um, there were 116,645 grapes in the entire United States. And this was in uh, 2015, yeah, 2015, um, a nation of 160 million females, <laughs> one sixteenth of whom are going to college. So when you actually sit down, and you do the math, uh, common sense simply tells you that one in five is false. And in fact, it is an order of magnitude false. OK, mm-hmm. so you can you could simply see like if that was the case, it would be like sending your your daughter to a war zone yeah I mean, like why on earth would anybody do that yet of course we live in a time and an age where college enrollment for female female students has never been higher it's something like 65 or 75 70 percent of college new college enrollment is female well why are you why would why would you subject yourself to one in five and something like what 400 to 400 to 500,000 sexual assault why why would you do that right so so just like it doesn't even pass the smell to I don't even need I don't need data common to sense. see that. Yeah, I don't need data to see that. I can just look at like the common sense side of things. But we also have the data for the rest of this, too. So yeah. So wanna, um, so yeah. let's 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 go through each one real quick. Let's pull up uh, Miss Fisher's study real fast. Yeah. Um. So uh. so this one is the, the first study, guys, that came from two, the year 2000 um, from Bonnie Fisher. Right. And and her team. Uh. And the thing is, um. scroll up. Yep. There we go. 
So she was actually contacted, okay? And they asked her, how did you arrive at this number of one in five? And she could not explain how she got there, oh, okay? She could. She literally could not explain how she got there. So that's number one. That's the first one. Now let's hit the uh, the 2007 one uh, from the, the, the next one, Chris. Yep. She could not explain how she arrived at that number one in five. I feel like... And we're going to tell you guys how they arrived at that number uh, at that number right now. So this one, also very popular from 2007. This was an internet study, guys. And what they did was they asked respondents, right? It's a survey. Hey, um, have you ever been the victim of a SA? And they asked very vague questions to include questions such as, have you ever hooked up with someone while drugged, intoxicated, etc.? And to, to the best of your knowledge, so even if they could not remember or they felt like it happened, but they could not prove it, it counted as yes. Okay. Now, as you guys can see, <laughs> this can be extremely dangerous to report this kind of data because now you're asking people, do you feel like you were the victim of a violent cr- of, of a crime? Do you feel like this happened to you? And you're relying upon people to give you, honestly, a, a subjective experience that may or may not have even happened. You know what I'm saying? And they were, and the questions were extremely vague, not direct, like the definition that we gave you guys before, as far as grape goes, according to the FBI. So what happened is they've widened the goalpost, right, in some of these studies, to allow more women to go ahead and say, oh, yeah, that happened to me, that happened to me. But what's really happening is they're just expanding the goalpost and not necessarily uh, checking them on their facts, okay? Yeah. Mm. So, and obviously... It's a sensitive topic. You're not going to tell them, okay, well, can you prove to me? No, you're just going to take her at face value because we live in a society now where it's believe all women. And here's my thing. I'm not saying that it doesn't exist. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. And honestly, it's an egregious crime and it needs to be punished to the fullest extent of the law. But if you're going to punish something with the severity that comes with grape, we need to also take seriously the evidence that comes into light for that. If they're going to, mm-hmm. if someone's going to get a serious consequence, then we need to seriously look at the evidence. You know what I'm saying? Yep. We can't give someone... A ridiculous punishment that puts them in jail for a long amount of time, puts them on a sex offender list, and ruins their reputation in future life off of emotions. The same severity at which someone is punished with, that same uh, seriousness needs to be uh, used when collecting the evidence as well. So as you guys can see here, vague questions, right. faulty premises lead to bad stats. And actually, very important. Chris, could you bring up one more time the uh, study, the second study? Yep. So it says, like you said in the fine print, which is very funny as well, mm-hmm. is that like it says, off rip. All right, real quick. This report has not been published by the U.S. Department of Justice. It hasn't been published <laughs> yeah. for a reason. That right there. It's, it's very <laughs> big. Tell you. Yeah, exactly. Puzzle a lot, man. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to show you guys the real numbers here very soon. Don't worry. Well, again, the and, and just to tag yeah, something ahead. on to your point yeah. there is that, again, you're, you are creating legislation that is going to affect one 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 aspect really just simply the the male side of of you know society here you're you're going to create legislation that is going to impact one like 50 at least 50 percent of the mm-hmm. society based on your based on feels before reels based on how well what did you feel did you think that this that this meets that requirement is and becomes more subjective and we have this conversation Every time you have the girls on here, every time I address something like this on my own show or whatever, I've said this a million times is that you have a you have a clash between empirical data versus emotionalism. And if, and since the sexual revolution, since we've the, the rise of gynocentrism, 
that's all we have prioritized is the emotional side of things to the point where we are litigating and creating laws based on that emotionalism right now. And so when you come in here, you you lay out facts and and red, that girl, that redhead girl that was here not too long ago talking about me and misogyny and everything like that. It's it's how you made her feel versus here's the data. Yep. Here's yep. here's how it is. Yep. And we cannot create a society of, of laws, of rules, of, you know, we cannot punish people based on just the way that you felt. Mm-hmm. We have to go by what the data says and what actually happened and, and basically focus more on that empiricism, on that objective data rather than, than the emotional side of things. And that's, again, becomes very, very dangerous when we're going to put a man away for life. Yeah. Or maybe he gets killed in prison as yep. a result. And I'm not saying, you know, it's it's this sort of subjective, ambiguous way of feeling about it when the guy was, you know, and, and another thing is even if that woman later on says, oh, uh, I had second thoughts about it or or she admits that it was actually a false allegation. She has very little incentive to say that it wasn't. And she would much more rather gaslight herself into believing that. Absolutely. It, rather than face the consequences of saying I sent it in. No one's checking her on it. Yeah. So, OK, guys. So we talked about the two main studies that have led to this hysteria about one in five women is, uh, you know, graped or essayed on a college campus. Mm-hmm. Let's pull up the 2013 Bureau of Justice Statistics. Ooh. The real Here numbers. This is the hard data. The real okay. Deal, this is the real data. No feels. This is reals. OK. Um, and this is the gold standard, guys, when it comes to criminal statistics in the United States. OK. Uh, so um, um, it's going to be from 2013, Chris. Uh, yes, that one. Yep. So this is from uh, – can you enlarge that on our side? Okay, so this is from the U.S. Department of Justice, Office of Justice Programs, Bureau of Justice Statistics, Rape and Sexual Assault Victimization Among College-Age Females, 1995 to 2013. And this is the most recent, okay, guys? So without getting into all the you know crazy details and putting you guys to sleep, what they actually found was one in about 53 women is the victim of grape and or essay on a college campus. Can you hit uh, – just hit a control F52.6, Chris? We'll show them that figure real fast. <clears throat> and this right here, guys, is the um because these are real criminologists that are actually running real stats. It's they have much more concrete definitions of these terms, and they're asking the questions appropriately, not in a vague uh situation. Obviously, it's obviously survey as well, but when you're dealing with such serious crimes, you need to have boundaries, man, as far as like what constitutes uh grape and essay versus what doesn't. But you know, a lot of times when they have these um these college campus type uh surveys, is it not coming up? Is he on the right one? Yeah. No, he's on the right he's one. On but... right. Okay. No, uh, 52.6? Uh, yeah. Okay, just scroll down then. Scroll down. Right, no problem. I'm going to try to find the figure here for you guys. Um, but yeah, this is this is the study. And this is the most recent data we have now that gives a, a more accurate. Uh, now, here's the thing. One in 53 is still a lot, guys. Yeah, that's that's yeah. not that's still not good. But, you know, we, we got to look at the truth here and not over off of emotion. Okay. Um, Rolo, yeah. what's your take on this? All right. Uh, let me just read this right quick. So because okay, I know on. we're going to get to the National Crime Victimization, the NCVS data here in, in just a minute here. So mm-hmm. the National Crime Victimization Survey conducted every six months by the U.S. Census, or excuse me, by the U.S. Census Bureau for the Justice Department Bureau of Justice Statistics. That's the BJS mm-hmm. has it's long been regarded the gold standard of crime surveys. OK, so this is this is from 2015. Uh, BJS estimated that. 0.61% of female college and trade school students, of whom 0.2% are graped, 
are sexually assaulted per year. So we're looking at SA versus actual, you know, wh whatever the definition is between those two. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there is a huge discrepancy between the data of the uh, the National Crime Victimization Survey, which is the NCVS, versus the CDC um, uh, data, which we're going to show here in just a second, I believe. Right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I I just find it interesting that like uh, there's a way for them to you know use this against men but what about all the guys being essayed you know what i'm saying like all the guys in opposition they're not mm -hmm. going out there doing what, what women are doing to us it's kind of like a double-edged sword that makes well sense. and that's and okay so the i think one of the like when i was talking about the emotional side of things one of the things mm -hmm. that's really tough when it comes to sexual assault when essay when it comes to grape but that kind of stuff is it is a there, there's a reason there's that it's a fear for women. It's, it's part of the existential fear of women and that the existential fear of women is that they would have their sexual selectivity removed from them. So uh, when we talk about like prearranged marriages, things like that, um, when we talk about um, one of the reasons why women hate game and PUA and the red pill so much mm -hmm. is because there is the suspicion at the very least, the very the suspicion that it is teaching guys who are beta male guys who would otherwise not be selected by women to ape the behaviors of guys who would be selected. Right. So mm -hmm. do these things, talk this way, uh, you know, use the use these techniques, you know, a game, right? PUA, right? Use these game techniques and you will be able to ape the behaviors of a guy who would get selected. And that's why women hate that, because it's an end run around their you know, female intuition, uh, the hypergamous filter. And essentially what it is, is it's a guy who's gaining sexual consent from a woman who she would otherwise, if she was just left to her own devices and he was being authentic and not being a game player and everything else, she would be able to say, no, you're a creep, you're a beta, I won't have sex with you, but you're the alpha and I will have sex with you, mm -hmm. right? That rem removes that sexual selectivity that hypergamous priority right in fact that's one of the reasons why guys today hate it when other guys are inauthentic well why they don't even like the word game right they don't want to they want to say um you know it's, it's game playing you're manipulating uh it's it's exploitative you should be uh an authentic guy why because that girl needs to have those cues to say okay he's the real deal and he's not the real deal but guys have been doing this have been adapting to the sexual marketplace for hundreds of thousands of years that's just how we are and as as men adapt women adapt too mm -hmm. and so in a gynocentric social order what we're saying is no if you do these things you're going to go to jail you're that is going to meet the um the requirement the prerequisite for non-consensual sex okay okay and that's why when we what we have and we're get, we'll get into this here in just a little bit is the difference between consent versus like what was consent and was not consent um, it used to be yes means, or excuse me, it used to be uh, no means no. I'm sure you probably heard that. That was from like the 90s or something. Like mm -hmm. no means no. And then there was yes means yes. And then there was affirmative consent. Like, oh, okay, can I touch you here? Can I do this? Can I do that? Can I do these things? That kind of stuff. And then of course, it go, now, we're, now we're at the point where it's enthusiastic consent. And so she has to be like, you know, DTF all the time. She has to like, be tearing your clothes off and, and be, be that into it. But Essentially, what we've done is we've gone from the FBI definition of what constitutes grape to whatever isn't consensual, and that consent is ambiguous. It can be whatever. It can be, well, I gave him consent before, and now I'm not going to give him consent here. The, a really good illustration of this, I don't know if you remember this. Do you know the, the comedian uh, Aziz Ansari? 
Yeah. You, uh, were you I, familiar with that that case back in 2018? I covered this on the Pat Campbell show back then. Uh, Aziz Ansari is this guy. I think he was a he's. For, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe he's of Indian descent, and he was a comedian. And he got into a situation where he was with a girl, and he got oral sex from the girl, and then he pushed for regular like you know p and v you know uh, yeah. sex with the girl and she gave him the hummer but she would not have sex with him and so there was this sort of gray area well you gave him consent and you you gave him a blowjob and so but that doesn't mean that okay you can also have like sex with me right now and so you've got this this sort of ambiguous gray area where it's like okay so the 100 agree should not force that should not you know force that issue but if that's the case can she remove the consent from one thing and reapply it to another? And so those are the kinds of those are the kinds of conversations that we now have to have in the American justice system as a result of these ambiguous understandings of what is consent and what is not consent. And I think that's the problem right now is because right now, anything that is non-consensual sex, it meets the definition of rape. Right. So I would have if I'd known he was a if I knew he was a. a you know, a sandwich artist, I probably wouldn't have. And so therefore he tricked me and it removes that sexual selection. That's the problem. That's the existential fear because in our ancestral past, women wanted to get with the guy, like if they chose the wrong guy, or even if they chose the right guy, that could be a death sentence. And so there's this risk and this worry that they're going to get duped by a guy who is not who he said he was. He's not authentic. He's not actually a. He's actually a beta male and not an alpha male. He's not going to stick around. He's not going to invest. Re, you know, reproductively invest in that guy, and therefore, that removes that that choice. That that one. That's why you know my body, my choice kind of thing. And when you remove that sexual selectivity, when you remove the control of hypergamy from a woman, there's nothing that is more anxiety producing or ang, you know angst. Um, stimulating for women than to say, well, you're going to be put into a prearranged marriage, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not saying like, I'm not trying to endorse that. I'm just saying that the reason why women get so bent out of shape as a result of that, or say that, well, uh, it could be marital grape, like duty sex for that example, for example, is an obligation to have sex with your husband. And and it's, that's in a lot of cultures. That's in a lot of religions have sex with your, it's, it's your, it's your wifely duties to have sex with your husband. Okay. Well, if that wife didn't want to have sex with her husband, is that consensual or is that not consensual? There you go. Well, women will say it's non-consensual. Okay. So if that's the case, when you're in divorce proceedings and it's like, okay, Mrs. Fresh, did you ever have uh, sex with Fresh when, uh, when you didn't want to? Oh yeah, of course I had duty sex with him. I, it was my wifely obligation. Congratulations. You're now guilty of marital grape fresh and give me some money. That's that's basically what it boils down to. And essentially, when we when we start defining consent, even within the confines of marriage, it can still be you can still make a case for non-consensual sex. There you Damn, go. That's crazy. And, um, so also so we, we talked about. Um, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. We talked about the two studies, the Fisher study and the uh, CSA study that, you know, was basically trying to say one in five women is, you know, a victim of grape or essay false. It's actually more one more like one in 52. A point six to be exact. And don't worry, guys, the studies are going to be below. Now, let's tackle this grape culture on campus. So let's pull up the Lysak study real quick. Um, this study right here, guys, is responsible for, uh, I mean, hell, most uh, a lot of people that join college faculty staffs 
right, that are put on boards that have to, you know, hear these types of cases of, of alleged grape or essay or whatever um, in the liquor industry, uh, yeah. you know, when, when you're taught to deal with uh, models or, you know, people of the opposite gender, they give standardized training. And what this training typically is, it, is it perpetuates this ideology that there is a, um, we live in a grape culture and a lot of guys are predators, okay? So this comes from, uh, and we're going to uh, talk about this study. It's not that one, Chris. Click the one. It's from 2002. Um, uh, da, 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 the campus, not that one. Keep going. Keep going. Uh, we're pulling it up right now, guys. Uh, uh, let's see here. Hmm. No, it's not that one. It's repeat, repeat grape PDF right there. Oh. Yep. Hmm. Open that one. Okay, so this is a LISIC study here, guys. Okay, so can we enlarge that, please? So this study, guys, um, from David Lysak out in uh, University of Massachusetts, Boston, conducted in 2002. This study is one of the main ones that people use to perpetuate this ideology that men are predators all over the place and you got to be worried. And there's a large amount of men. I think they found something crazy like one in 16 men admitted to violent crimes of uh, SA and or grape uh, in college campuses. But here's the problem. There were a lot of issues with this study. But just to highlight some of them for you guys, what happened was, for some of you guys that don't know, University of Boston, uh, sorry, University of Massachusetts in Boston is a satellite campus. It's not the main campus in Amherst. So it's in a metropolitan area of the city. So what they did was they asked random people in a highly <laughs> pedestrian area, highly, highly walked pedestrian area, hey, have you ever did X, Y, Z, right? And the problem is that they didn't ask college age men and they didn't even ask students. They asked men ages 18 all the way up to 71. Randomly. You yeah. know, random as hell. Walking by. <laughs> walking by. Hey, have you ever done this and that? And uh, and then they were able to get these numbers. So that's a huge red flag in itself because they didn't even, they didn't even ask the proper representative group the questions. They asked wow. a bunch of random people that they couldn't even confirm or uh, validify if they were students. <laughs> so that's one big issue. Um, and then the other one as well, guys. Uh, this, this study, right. Was used, right. It's, it's, it's used even, even to this day to perpetuate this ideology that there's predators walking all over the, uh, all over college campuses, but that is simply not true, man. That is not true at all. But the byproduct of this is now for some of you guys that go to college, or if, if, if any of you guys have been accused of these heinous types of acts, mm -hmm. what happens is when most colleges, they have some kind of board, right. They have a board where uh, a disciplinary board, which is made up of typically faculty and some students. Right. And what you guys got to know is that when an allegation is made, mm. even if both parties, you know, technically couldn't consent because they were both drinking, the man is always going to be taken mm -hmm. <laughs> as the perpetrator. So even if the woman was also intoxicated and he was intoxicated, the man is going to be held responsible and he's going to be kicked out of the school. And the other thing you guys got to understand is that it goes off of an ideology called preponderance of the evidence, okay, which in the United States, um, it's it's far less beyond, than beyond a reasonable doubt. Reason, reason, beyond a reasonable doubt is a criminal standard. Preponderance of the evidence typically is, is for civil cases. Mm -hmm. But with the college campuses, they all need, only need to prove 50.1% that you are culpable to some degree. And unfortunately, on college campuses, if you guys go to school in the United States or anywhere in the West in, in general, it's extremely femme-centric. Men are considered to be almost second-class citizens on college campuses. The woman's word is always taken over the man's word. Believe all women. And you're, you're fine uphill battle, man, because even if you guys are both intoxicated, you're going to be held responsible right. as the guy because 
there is no real burden of uh, of proof on the school. It's more like you have to prove yourself that you didn't do it. Let's be honest. There's no witnesses when these things happen because it's 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 bedroom fun, right? Remember, it's, who's going to be there? There was a video that we actually reacted to where there's a I think it was an Indian uh, guy in school, and he was in a bar with this girl, and they were both like drunk and tipsy, mm-hmm. and she was pressing on him like, kissing yeah, him, touching yeah, him, right? I saw that, and I did. she literally was the aggressor in that situation. Uh-huh. And, you know, luckily for him, the cameras caught that because mm-hmm. when she went to the offices, hey, he did this to me. He, he grabbed me because mm-hmm. they saw off rip. She was the one attacking she him. Was, she was she was really sexually aggressive. I saw that. She, yes. They weren't. OK, so there's multiple camera angles uh, at different locations. And in her condo. Too. And in the yeah, in, yep. the in the dorm rooms. So they're at the club and she is just basically like once she's DTF, man. enthusiastic consent. Yep. If that ain't it, I don't know what is. But yep. so she's like basically wants to get him. So there's inside the club. Then there's outside the club where she's trying to, you know, her she's talking to her friends. She wants to go home with this guy. That guy was from USC and I can't remember his name. It was not. It was only like maybe a year ago. Wasn't yeah. It? And then so they have they had that. And then they also had the uh, the camera footage of her checking him in. To the dorm, he did actually have sex with her. He did, like, and he, he had sex with her, but it was consensual sex. She said later on she wanted, you know, of course she wants to remove it, and of course, wh- and why not? The incentive is this guy is a rich USC kid who's probably got some money. He probably doesn't want to have his reputation destroyed, so maybe he'll give me some money out of court. I don't, we don't have to, we don't have to take this public. You want, you know, give me ten thousand dollars, that kind of stuff. Again, when you have when divorce no longer becomes the most the easiest resource transfer from men to women, you've got to find other ways to get it like nickel and dime it. Pull it from from S.A., pull it from, you know, great suspicions and that kind of stuff. So there's that. And the other thing you were saying before is I, I isn't it interesting that. When it comes to situations where it's like what, both of them are drunk, right, mm-hmm. and and it's on the all, the guy is always presumed to be the aggressor. There's a there was a college dorm room pictures, which or, goes or, against the narrative that men and women are equal on college campuses. I, I, I damn it, I should have pulled it for this episode. There's a poster that is that has been put up in college campuses for forever, and it's like supposed to raise awareness to you know, uh, you know non-consensual sex, grape essay, and. It shows these two, this couple, right? And it's like Jen and Dave are both drunk and they have sex together. Jen couldn't give consent because she is, you know, she's in, intoxicated. Therefore, Dave is a rapist, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, Dave was drunk too. Yep. And he couldn't give consent. Mm-hmm. And yet they still had sex. And so, therefore, it, does that not make Jen a great no it's only characterized in that way and it's funny to me that for all of this fantasization about um you know 71 different genders and we're gender this and gender fluid and you know monkey flips you know gender or whatever we want yeah. it everything is non-binary until that happens Bam. and now that guy is very binary yep. and if you have the penis you are the great hold on just to bring this point home chris can you pull it real quick in the Miami takeover chat so get this right I got a video up where it actually happened. Mm-hmm. This girl's literally attacking him, saying, "Yo, I want you like literally on him, right?" Mm-hmm. He's going through. You know what? I'm I'm chilling. I'm not really forcing this. I know he was like, they get in a taxi, <laughs> go to her spot on her condo or apartment camera. She's still grabbing him, kissing him. And she saying, signed him in. Signed him into yeah. the studio, and they mm-hmm. took him upstairs, and then they did the thing. And shout out to Ivan Preach. Oh, there it is. Her. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Let's play real quick uh, so they can see the apartment uh, <laughs> video. Because guys, this is real talk, man. This can happen to you. 
if you're in school, if you're, you know, an honest Damn, school, I'm glad you got this. This is good. Yeah, this is really good. This proves our point 100%. Let's play real quick and then... Uh, Popular right. student bar behind me here on MLK and Menlo. And while the judge declared the student innocent, he is not out of the clear just yet. He says he now has to prove himself to a USC ethics committee that will ultimately decide whether or not he can stay here for the fall semester. Well, I was very surprised that these charges would be brought against for me you, because you, I hadn't done anything wrong. USC student Armand Premji charged with rape after a night out at an off-campus bar. But he says security video from the night of April 1st, taken from Banditos, shows he's innocent. Guys, when look. I saw the videos, I was it's very relieved uh, that there was proof to substantiate uh, my side of the story. The video shows look, Premji right there, and a guys. female student kissing in the bar's back corner, her arms around his neck. Pause it real quick. Premji said she kept pulling him closer. Guys, tell me if that's not her attacking him. Like, <laughs> yo, I want you. He's just there like, oh, okay, I'll go with the flow. All right, all right. Enthusiastic consent. Yeah. That, that's it. <laughs> Keep playing, Chris, oh, real quick. Kissing in the bar's back corner, her arms around his neck. Premji said she kept pulling him closer. And after several minutes, she led him by the hand out See, of the look, bar. She let him On out the, the bar. On the sidewalk, Premji said the girl introduced him to her roommate, where she made sexual gestures behind his back. She made a gesture to her friend uh, of her plans to have intercourse with me that night. Premji says they had both been drinking. The two are seen leaving in an Uber before arriving to the girl's dorm room. Security video there shows the alleged victim stopping to sign him in. After I had sex with her, I left. And the next day, the LAPD was at my doorstep right. asking me about you know, what. So, <laughs> man. Bro. And uh, yeah, we're in dangerous times, guys. And it, look at. All the overwhelming evidence that had to go into play to clear this man's name. Had that not been there, he might be in jail right now. Done. Right? He's, he's because still not cleared. Yeah, he's he still, still has to go through, through the, the, school. the school ethics. The school commission. can still yeah. tell him no. And to be honest with you, I've seen situations like this. The school's probably going to get rid of him because they don't want to deal with the headaches. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Of, of, of what's going to happen. Clean their hands. They want to clean their hands. Because remember, guys, whether you guys want to know this or not, colleges are a business. Okay? Mm. And bringing this type of attention to your business is not good for said business, especially when most of your enrollment comes from who? Women. Women. Okay? Mm. So, yo, this is real talk, guys. So, and also, the other thing, too, I just wanted to bring full circle with the Lysak study is that basically it's set precedent, guys, that we have this ideology that men and men are predators on campus. A bunch of guys are walking oh, around, but we sorry. just debunked it that, um, yep, oh, they did expel Oh, they did. Wow. Oh, really? See? So, yeah, you know what I'm saying? And and, uh, and like I said, and Lysic, the Lysic study, you guys can blame that study for the reason why we got the kangaroo courts that we have now in the college campuses where you basically are the, – the, the minimum threshold of, of proving that you actually did something is very low. And, uh, and dude, yeah, you can lose your, ruin a man's life. your whole future just off of someone saying, you know what? And that guy did. In a moment, I feel like it's a, this is great. You know what? Nah, I don't want to be labeled that I had sex with you anymore. I want to take it back. That is crazy, man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and I, I'm looking in the chat here too. There's a lot of examples of this. Okay, so there's yeah. there's the the Duke lacrosse case. We are we know that. Yes, that's that's egregious. Um, then there's a mattress girl. What's a Suliki? I can't remember her first name. Um, then we find out that she's not really, she, you know, she made the whole thing up. She's, you know, carrying around this. She was mattress girl, right? She carries around the mattress the whole time. I remember what I was going to say now. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Guys, also, I just want to make this very clear. 
you're actually more of women that aren't in college that don't have a high school diploma or women that are uh, of lower socioeconomic status are far more likely to be graped or be mm-hmm. victims of SA than women on college campuses. That's another fallacy. The, oh, one in five. No. Well, number one, we just debunked that, that it's, it's not one in five. It's actually far less. It's right around one in 52. And then on top of that, women that are not in college actually have a higher likelihood of being victims of grape and or SA. It's just that what we've done is we've over-sensualized the, um, the whole college experience to make women uh, mm-hmm. feel <clears throat> that they're victims of something that is not as prevalent as people think. So, okay. So now we're going to go, now we're off of school. Now we're going to get into the other myths that people say, uh, thanks to the CDC, Center for Disease and Crime Control, okay, where they have a bunch of other data claiming that um, (laughs) that we're going to go through them right now. I think this is the the most, just before we get into this, because this is CDC versus NCVS, this I think is the most egregious. If there is a smoking gun, this is the smoking gun. This is it. So um, let's pull it up, Chris. Next one. Yep. Okay. So that's it right there. Um, let's go to the top real quick because these are some of the bullet points that they're using here. So this is from 2015, guys. This is their most recent um, analysis for which they're pull a lot of their numbers. Yeah. So let's scroll down. Um, and these are the same guys that made you scare about the beer bug, if you guys know what I'm saying. <laughs> so yeah. they're saying, yeah, okay, definitely. scroll up. Here they're out. Here are their um, uh, um, I guess ideas here. One in one in five women experienced completed or attempted grape during her lifetime. And then let's scroll down. All right. So here are some of the, the numbers that they're coming up with. No, up, up, Chris. Okay. Sexual violence of women. In the U.S., 43.6% of women, nearly 52.2 million, experienced some form of contact sexual violence in their lifetime, with 4.7 of women experiencing this violence in the 12 months preceding the survey. And then approximately one in five, there's that number again, right. 21.3%, or an estimated 25.5 million women in the U.S. reported completed or attempted grape at some point in their lifetime, okay? And then about 13.5% of women experienced completed forced penetration, 6.3% experienced attempted forced penetration, and 11% experienced completed alcohol-slash-drug-facilitated penetration at some point in their lifetime. And and it's very important. Make a note of that, guys. They're using alcohol and or drug-facilitated penetration, which you're going to see how that absolutely inflates the numbers here very quickly. You notice how, real quick, you notice how they conflate one in five over the course of a lifetime versus one in five that are on a college campus. Yep. Because you, that's very easy for a young woman to go one in five, one in five, one in five, one in five, one in five. And so you repeat that on, you know, put that on repeat all the time. And then that's how you get the the girl in here. Think think about this, right? Our late night shows with the girls. One girl says one thing. They all say the same thing. So imagine you're on a college campus. Oh yes. One in five girl. That's that you're right. girl. One in five over the course of four years at college versus one in five over the course of well, I know, 80 years lifetime. But I feel like that's right. So I'm not saying it's right again. No apologies, not endorsement. Just saying there's a big difference between those numbers. Yeah. So here's something else that's scary guys. So if you look here, it says approximately one in six women. Uh, can you see that Chris right there? Yep. Or 16% of an estimated 19.2 million women experience. Sexual coercion, example given, being worn down by someone who repeatedly asked for sex, sexual pressure due to someone using their influence or authority at some point in their lifetime. Guys, come on. that can be you and your girlfriend saying, please. hey, please, come on, man. We haven't had it in a week. Like, come on. You know, and, and here's the thing. Let's scroll down a little bit. Let me tell you guys what, what the CDC used uh, to, to, to come to these findings. Uh, go up to the top real fast. Up, up more. Up more, Chris. 
up more, 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 more. Okay, so down. Look at, and let's compare and contrast this. Look at their definition of grape, okay? Look at that long-ass definition, right? Holy smokes. Is any complete or attempted unwanted vaginal for women oral and or anal penetration through the use of physical force such as being pinned or held down or by the use of violence or threats to physically harm and include times when the victim was drunk, high, drugged, or passed out and unable to consent, rape is separated into three different types, uh, completed force penetration, attempted force penetration, and completed alcohol or drug-facilitated penetration among women. Rape includes vaginal oral or anal penetration by a male using his penis. It also includes vaginal or anal penetration by a male or female using their fingers at or an object. Among men, rape includes oral and or anal penetration by a male using his penis. It also includes anal penetration by a male or female using their fingers or an object. Hmm. That's extremely broad. And that's just one of the ways that they use to define sexual violence. You got uh, being made to penetrate someone else. Sexual coercion, basically, you know, uh, uh, being persistent to some degree. You know, maybe it's your girlfriend. Maybe you're spending game at a girl. Unwanted sexual contact, uh, which is um, involving touch, but not uh, sexual penetration, such as being kissed in a sexual way or having sexual body parts fondled, groped, or grabbed. Guys, they even included stalking in this as well. Now, let's go back to the FBI and compare the definitions. You guys can see here where I'm going with this. Shout to the FBI, man. <laughs> <laughs> right? So that's how the CDC was defining and the, 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 their uh, grape and a bunch of other things. FBI, let's see how concise this is. Oh, one sentence it looks like. The penetration, no matter how slight, of the va va vagina or anus with any body part or object or anal penet or oral penetration by a sex organ of another person without the consent of the victim. Okay, nice and concise. Let's go back to the CDC again. That's a whole paragraph. God damn. And not only not only that, guys, but they're using other metrics as well to substantiate um uh that we uh female victims. Now, uh, can we enlarge that real quick, Chris? So scroll down. Uh, okay, so th this is that's what goes for sexual violence. Scroll down some more. Right, and then you get those inflated numbers that we talked about. And then let's go down some more. Uh, we won't talk about the men for the purposes of this show, but it does happen to men as well. Um, stalking. <laughs> they used stalking as well, guys. Stalking tactics measured. Unwanted phone calls, voice or text messages, hangups, unwanted emails, instant messages, messages through social media, unwanted cards, letters, flowers, or presents, watching or following from a distance, spying with a listening device, camera, or global positioning system, approaching or showing up in places such as the victim's home, workplace, or school when it was unwanted, leaving strange, potentially threatening items for the victim to find, sneaking into victim's home or car and doing things to scare the victim or let the victim know the perpetrator had been there. Holy crap. So let's go down. So let's much continue. for letters, cards, and flowers, yeah. gentlemen. <laughs> let's go down some more. Uh, intimate partner violence, okay? Stalking, physical violence, psychological aggression, um, intimate partner violence-related impact, okay? Guys, with the physical violence, it goes um, – sorry, with the in intimate uh, partner violence-related impact includes – Experience in any of the following, being fearful, concern for safety, injury, need for medical care, needing uh, needed help from law enforcement, missed at least one day at work, missed at least one day of school. The following impacts. <laughs> yeah, I, and I'm not saying this to laugh, guys, but I'm saying this like, see how broad they're defining and how they're expanding the goalpost so that they can get more and more respondents to respond favorably to possibly being a victim of some kind of sexual violence and or sexual assault. Here's the other thing, too. Um, 
with, look at this, they got psychological aggression, includes expressive aggression, such as name calling, insulting or humiliating an intimate partner and coercive control, which includes behaviors that are intended to monitor and control or threaten intimate partner. So if you tell your girl, hey, I don't want you going girls nights out, stop being a hoe, or hey, I, I want to look at your Instagram, guys, that constitutes psychological aggression, which can be deemed as uh, as sexual assault <laughs> under the CDC. I'm calling my mama. God damn. But yeah, they can <laughs> nag you. Guys, they, they, like, and here's the thing. This, this study right here, guys, is from which uh, so many feminists draw their conclusion that we live in a grape culture. These men are out here, you know, running around, graping everybody. No, that's not what's going on. What you guys have really done is you guys have expanded the definition to fit your fucking narrative that men are rapists when they're not. There's a reason why the Department of Justice and the FBI has a nice and concise definition of grape, whereas the CDC has expanded the definition to fit a fucking narrative, guys. Mm. This is, uh, open it back up, Chris, because we're going to go through this because uh, th this is very important for you guys to see. Um. Now, also, we're going to talk about some other holes in this in this study. So uh, scroll down real quick, uh, Chris. Enlarge it. So uh, go down, go down. So, yeah, they're using all these different metrics, right, to come to these numbers. Okay, keep going, keep going. Now, let's compare and contrast this, right? So they summarize it, right? Now, I'm going to talk about some of the weaknesses of the study. I wrote them down, okay? Um, so... Here's the holes in the CDC um, uh, study here. And a matter of fact, you know what? Uh, hit limitations real quick, Chris. Anytime you guys look at a study and you interpret data, always look at the limitations, limitations. all right? Mm -hmm. So there's no rep there, no representative sample. It was, a t it was done through telephone, guys, all right? So they literally cold called people and asked them, all right, questions. Now, it had a low response rate, about 26%. Stalking was allowed, as I showed you guys, and all these other ambiguous terms that women can interpret it as I was a victim of sexual violence, right? There's no concrete uh, definition, right? So it's open, it's, it's open to personal interpretation, which is dangerous, right? Um, Alcohol-facilitated um, sex was considered to still be SA and or grape under the CDC terms. So, guys, in other words, if you went out with your girl or even your wife and you had a couple glasses of wine and you guys hooked up, the CDC terms that uh, will define that as grape and or SA, guys. I'm going to say that one more time. <laughs> Counted alcohol facilitated and or drug facilitated uh, bedroom fun sex. Okay, under <laughs> if you were out with your girl and or wife and you had a couple glasses of wine and you guys had sex after the CDC would constitute that as grape and or SA guys. Okay. Also, Bam. Bam. um, because uh, like, it falls under that definition. Before you, before you jump, jump to the next one. Now, okay, <clears throat> remember that the reason they do that is because when you are intoxicated, technically you are not able to give consent. You can't give, and because you're not in your right mind, right? If uh -huh. you're on drugs, if you're if you're stoned, if you're drunk, whatever, you can't give consent. Therefore, any sex you have <laughs> is non-consensual sex, and of course, it only goes for the woman. Now, I had I have to throw this in there because. That is the exact same rationale. That's the exact same logic that we use when we see all these teachers who are having sex with their underage students right now. And they all fit a demographic because people are people were asking me, are you going to talk about this? Yeah, I will talk about this just real briefly. There is you want to talk about an endemic of quote unquote grape. Well, we can look at. Uh, high school teachers between the ages of like, say, 24 and about 34 years old, the, they're all female and they have sex with their underage 
uh, it's like the Mary Kay Letourneau kind of thing, right? It's that it's the, it's the women and there's, there's, I, it got to the point where I was trying to keep track of them, but there's so many, I can't keep track anymore, mm. but there's something in the, in the news. I, people throw these, these stories at me all the time. And essentially what it is, is statutory great because that young man, people say, Oh, he got, he was lucky, man. He got to get it get after it with this teacher. Where were those teachers when I was a kid kind of mm. thing, right? <laughs> because but there's a different standard of, of justice for that whole thing. The women that are technically statutory rapist because that 15 year old kid that they had sex with they that kid can't give consent to have sex because he is under age depending on whatever state he happens to be in therefore ergo the woman who had sex with him is now a statutory rapist because of that mm -hmm. and that's exactly the same definition of like the you know giving consent non-consensual sex is great so if we're going to say that about alcohol and everything else why is it there that everyone who writes a story and talks about the you know the, the the next teacher that is having you know underage sex with the one of their students of all things they don't term it as great they say oh it was sexual contact they'll 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 find some way to euphemize it but it is essential if you if it would have been a male teacher and a female student it yep. would yeah. absolutely be called drag them through the mud absolutely he's getting he's getting hit with the full extent of the law sorry continue no, i no, wanted no. to throw that out there because it's the consent thing that makes it statutory or it doesn't Okay, so guys, holes in the CDC study. Okay, no representative sample. Telephone study done. Calling pe cold calling people. Low response rate, twenty six point four. Stalking was allowed, and all these other ambiguous terms that I was talking to you guys about, like drug facilitated, uh, bedroom fun, uh, that falls under this broad definition that the CDC uses. Also, guys, very important. The questions they asked were vaguely worded questions to include. Did you have bedroom fun with a guy under the premise that he gave you some kind of future promise and or situation that could lead to a relationship? Guys, <laughs> so basically, if you tell a girl, it's big game. Hey, I'm going to take you out on a dinner date after we smash and you don't do it, the CDC terms that as uh, great. Yeah. The, Lam the Lambo's rented. You know what I'm saying? The Lambo's rented. The Lambo's rented. South, rented. South okay. Beach. Y'all niggas in South Beach. Y'all doing that? Be careful. That's great. Bruh. You know? Did you, did, uh, they even ask crazy questions such as, did you feel pressured from your partner and or other person not being happy and give and have sex with them because you felt pressure because they weren't happy? And they consider that also grape and S.A. OK, so in other words, hey, baby, we're not having enough uh, bedroom fun. Uh, you know, I'm not really happy about this. I, I might, you know, uh, I want to break up. Oh, no, no, no. I, 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 you know what? No, let's do it. That's considered grape and or uh, S.A. under the CDC terms, guys. See what I'm talking about here? Yo. They've taken, they've expanded the definition to a ridiculous amount so they can get every single girl that they call to say, I was a victim. Okay. Now, here's the thing. Am I saying that lying to a girl saying you have a Lambo or that you're a lawyer when you're really a sandwich artist mm -hmm. or whatever? Am I saying that's okay? Absolutely not. It's it not. is not ethical to lie to women to get boxed. Don't do it. But. Okay, I'm going to make this really fucking clear. <laughs> Lying to a girl about having a Lambo when it's really rented is not felony fucking rape. And it's not felony sexual assault. Okay? If she consents and bangs you, it is what it is. But to come back after the fact and say, oh, he lied. He doesn't really drive that Lambo. <laughs> I was a victim of rape is ridiculous and asinine. Okay? Because last time I checked, if a girl tells me, oh, yeah, this asshole real, baby. But she hasn't done a squat in years. I can't go to her police and be like, hey, I was a victim of rape. And I want you guys to realize there's a reason why 
the FBI did not put anything with drug or alcohol-induced uh, sexual contact or anything. They're keeping it as black and white as possible because when you have serious consequences, like serious jail time, you need to have seriously ser- um, seriously um, defined parameters right, on the definition of egregious crimes so that not anyone can go running around saying they're a victim. And here's the thing. You want to know who this hurts more when you over-sensualize the crime like this? The real fucking victims. Yep. They're the ones not being taken serious because the dumbass CDC is running around here saying, hey, did he drive a Lambo <laughs> when you met him and you found out it was rented? You're a victim of grape, baby. All right? Mm-hmm. Me too. And who really loses? It's the real victims. It's the women that are actually, you know, that fall into the that definition that the FBI has. Nice and black and white, and concise. But when we look at from the CDC, they're using everything in their and their mothers. Uh, they're throwing the fucking kitchen sink at it. Everything, stalking, sending her messages, giving her flowers. You know, all the unwanted. Well, what's unwanted? Now we're leaving it up to the interpretation of the of the individual. Mm-hmm. So now you guys can see what I'm talking about when I say these are dangerous times. Should, let me let me add something here too Please. as well. Is that remember like we're we're using the united states stats here okay mm-hmm. remember this also this is an international thing as well i've got a i've got a uh, there's a gallery i believe her name is Depika bardagwan she's a she's a an independent film producer out of india and she's done a, a, a documentary like i think it's called india's lost sons or something like that where she's actually talking about these you know the the utility of rape accusations, the utility of like women getting into relationships with guys where they have sex, they believe that yes. they're going to be married as yes. a result of this. There's no there's no marriage proposal forthcoming, and therefore what they say is they say, okay, well, in in this in, it, because there's nothing forthcoming, therefore he raped me, and therefore put him in jail, and I will take his you know. You know, take the I'll take the whatever the benefits are for that for yeah. that as well. It's not just a United States thing. This is a worldwide thing. But think about it, right? You got makeup, you got weed. Yeah. <laughs> I, knew going, I knew we were going there. Right? I knew we were going there. Hide who a woman might look like when you meet her. Facts. But yet, when you wake up in the morning, damn, who the hell are you? <laughs> yeah. we, don't, we, we don't go to the police and say, oh. She great me. Is it is what it is. Now I'll say this, right? Is I never it, would have touched her if I knew she was that is, ugly. <laughs> is it is it right to go ahead and lie about you being a doctor, lawyer? No, it's not. Yeah, you need to be it's unethical. You need to be congruent. Yeah, but mm-hmm. that being said, for it to be that severe, yeah, where you're actually being charged. Come on, man. That's, yeah, that's old. Yeah, they're conflating a, a felony crime yeah. with being unethical. It's not the same. You know what I'm saying? If you ah. get finesse, you get finesse. Let One me... other thing too, real fast, okay. guys. This type of research is called advocacy research. Okay. It, like the CDC, the survey type uh, um, studies where they're asking people vaguely worded questions and trying to they have an agenda, guys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And a lot of the time it's a politically uh, incentivized uh, motivation to get these inflated numbers, you know, for funding and everything else like that. And uh, a lot of uh, a lot of, uh, you know, the CDC, a lot of these guys use this faulty type of research. And as you guys can see, when we actually peel the layers back, you guys can see where the inflated numbers are coming from. And we're going to compare it. With the really, you had something before. Yeah, we go I, was, to the I just wanted to clarify please, please, real, real quick. Her name is uh, Dipika uh, uh, Bardawash. I, I believe I'm pronouncing this right. Okay, so she's a, she's a documentary in other. I mean, I guess you would call her an MRA, but like, um, she's produced uh, actually two movies. The most recent one's called India's Sons, and it's called uh, Tales of False Grape 
uh, case survivors. And this is it, it depicts. I mean, you would think things are bad in the U.S. Oh, yeah, it's even worse look over there. in India. Oh, my God. Yeah. So check that out. It's, it's epidemic called, it's called, over there. It's called India's sons. Look at that. Look. That look so, man. OK, so we looked at the crazy numbers from the CDC. Now. <laughs> Let's look at the real numbers. Uh, can you wait pull up the smoking 20? guns? Yeah, this is gonna. Now you guys are gonna see the serious cap Man, that's going on right now. I'm motivated to go to Colombia. <laughs> and just stay over there for a little bit. Uh, it's the criminal victimization 2019, right there. Yep. Okay, guys. So once again, we're here with the U.S. Department of Justice Office of Justice Programs Bureau of Justice Statistics. Okay, so scroll down, Chris, please. There we go. I think it's going to be on page three right here. Okay, That's stop. Back go, up. go back up. Go yeah. back up. That's funny. Okay. We both know exactly where it is. So see where it says there, um, 2015, Chris? Second line. Table one. Table one. Table one. Down, right, down, down. down. So Chris, 1. where it says rape and sexual assault. 1.6. There you go. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, guys. So for 20, and the reason why I'm using the year 2015, guys, is because we have the CDC data from 2015. But if you guys look, we have up to 2019, 459,000 Grapes and or SAs. Now, I also want you guys to know this. Details may not sum to totals due to rounding. Violent crime categories include rape or sexual assault, robbery, aggravated assault, and simple uh, assault. And uh, and the biggest thing is it's and they include threatened, attempted, and completed occurrences of those crimes. Okay, so even if it was attempted, it's still reported. So and that's the same uh, measures that the CDC is using. So how the hell did the CDC end up with almost triple? This goddamn number, right? Because look, number four, uh, it's um, 400, uh, 431,840 for the year 2015, which is a rate uh, at 1,001.6. Let's go back to the CDC one more time. Yep. See, the angry, crazy feminists are not going to show you guys this. <laughs> They're not going to show you this. They're just going to come to conclusions without looking at how the data was actually achieved. So, um, scroll up. I mean, uh, uh, um, uh, can you enlarge it? Yep. On our end. So yeah, guys. So as you can see, the reason why they have such crazy inflated stats is because they uh, used stalking, they used unwanted contact, they used unwanted communication, they used um, <clears throat> uh, um, uh, basically um, insulting her, right? Using uh, psychological aggression, bro. You know what I was thinking the other day? What if, right, we got to the point where you speak to a woman and she says, you know what? I don't like how you, I don't like how you spoke. I don't like your tone. I don't like, yeah. like your tone. This feels like great. That's crazy, man. Like how far it's going right now. I just had to put that, put that out there. Yeah, guys. So this is why, because we look at, because we look, uh, they're saying one in five, right? So scroll up to the top again one more time, Chris. Um, oh, no, back down, back down, back down. I'm sorry. Um, so if you, so up, up. So they're getting this number, right? There? No, up, up, up. Okay, no, up, up. Right there. Okay. Right, right there. So they go. <laughs> so in the U.S., 1.2% of women, approximately 1.5 million, reported completed or attempted rape in the 12. No, next one. To the right, to the right. Top. Yep. Right, 1.2. You see that? Yep. Yep. Uh, approximately 1.5 million reported completed or attempted rape in the 12 months preceding the survey. So how the hell did the C – again, guys, we just looked at it. It was around 400 uh, – four, a little over 400,000. But here the CDC is saying it's 1.5 million. Literally over triple what we just saw from the um That's a huge from difference. the NCVS. That's a big difference. Way, way too big. I mean, and this is from 2015 as well, guys. So now you guys see where these crazy inflated numbers are coming from. Okay, when you compare the empirical data of the real stuff that's actually based on concrete definitions, 
not ambiguous definitions that are subject to personal interpretation, what happens? The number dwindles. And on top of that, the keep in mind, guys, that they expanded the definition of grape in twenty uh, in twenty twelve to to allow both men and women. That doesn't just account for women. That's men too. And guys, just that four hundred plus thousand. Just add to this as well. These are not our feelings. These are not how we feel about this topic. These, these are the facts here. A, yep. B, C, D. We so, just we just work here. Yeah, <laughs> we just work we here. Just hold up the mirror. We here's here it is. You know, you know but exactly. And, and Myron and Rolo spent a lot of time getting you got these facts to show you A, B, C, D. And guys, think about this, right? On the show, what the girls say? Oh, but I heard or I feel like those are feelings. That's not reality. Reality is the facts are here. A, B, C, D. Look at the facts. Then talk to me. And now a lot of people are going to use, I, I wanted to throw this out there because I, we got this at the very beginning of the, and I know we're coming up on time, but um, yeah, the um, people are asking, what about false rape accusations? Oh, yes. Right? yes. Okay. Yeah, so, let's hit this. And so I'll, you, will, you will get this occasionally from women because this is a very common misnomer is that like it's, uh, what is it, between 92 and 98% of all accusations are true. No, that's not what it is. Okay. They'll say only between like, what is it, two and 8% of accusations are actually verified, are, are false accusations, right? So, what that's meant Rolo, to can do. Can you say that one more time? Okay. Because there's that, that's okay. a very so clear distinction like, that's okay, very this, important. Okay. The, the, the two biggest myths when it comes to grape culture, first one is one in five. We yep. already talked Which about that. Which we just debunked on college campuses okay. and in real life. The next one is this is that it's this presumption that women don't lie about grape accusations right mm. well where okay how do we get to that well the these stats here like they'll they'll probably remember if they don't remember one in five they will remember two point two to eight percent that's what the car said on the show are are are, are fraudulent or or are um are, are fake accusations yep. okay they have to remember that the way that because of because they say well you know these are the ones that are 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 documented as being fraudulent those are the ones that get recorded. They're not talking about the ones that don't meet the definition of whatever whatever the the accusation was, right? Mm -hmm. So the only real the only real way to prove a fraudulent grape ag you know uh, you know rape fraud whatever mm -hmm. is if that woman admits that she's actually has said that oh okay you got me sorry you know yep. if she's admitting to it she's copying to it through guilt or whatever else it is so or in, independent investigation yes. that proves so, she was lying so so the thing is this is that the definition basically says that any allegation of grape can only be classified as a false allegation if it has been determined after a thorough investigation that a crime did not occur mm. okay so it's not that it did it's 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 basically trying to prove the negative so just because those fraudulent ones were the ones that they could record according to the definition of what it is does not mean that 98 to 98% are, are true, but that is exactly what a prosecuting attorney will try to convince a jury that, you know, women simply don't, don't lie about this kind of thing. Right. Well, no, the, the, no, statistically speaking and the numbers wise, it says uh, to simply uh, excuse me, uh, which is to say that simply failing to prove a crime did occur doesn't qualify the claim as a false allegation. So even if it was even if the even if they said, OK, it actually happened, that doesn't necessarily mean that it wasn't fraudulent because fraud, the, the reason like when it comes to um, to uh, false rape allegations, it has to be something that that woman has already admitted to. Yeah. And as we know, they're very unlikely to do that because yes. of the social implications that come along with that. So I'm not saying that 
you know, that all of them, I, I'm not saying that, the, you know, those, he's not saying 90% saying, of them are saying lying. Are lying. I'm not that. saying that they're lying. I'm just saying that from a, from a logical perspective, it doesn't make any sense yes. because you're, you're looking at what those, you know, what they, what was, um, what was proven to be a fraud, not what wasn't Again, it's proving the negative. It's not what wasn't proven. It was what was proven. Yes. So that doesn't indicate that it in any way means that they're innocent of it. And here's the other thing, too, guys, because because uh, one of the when we had this when we had originally had this discussion with one of the female panelists. She said that only two percent of uh, grape accusations are false. You have a you have a higher likelihood of getting struck by lightning. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing, guys. All the data that that tries to perpetuate that only two percent of grapes are false accusations is faulty. OK, because like Rollo just said, he already mm-hmm. poked a bunch of holes in it that that assumes right. that the accuser comes forward and tells the police and or is independently proven to be shown that she's lying right. through investigation, guys. So, so to, there's no oh, sorry to differentiate. OK, yeah, a case in which an investigation fails to find evidence that a crime occurred, but also doesn't find doesn't find positive evidence that a crime did not occur would simply be labeled unsubstantiated instead of false. So there can be unsubstantiated ones, there can be unfounded ones, there can be, it's also called baseless, depending on how it meets, again, the, what is it, the NCVS description of what that is, which is the numbers that you just wrote that you put up there. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying that they're, you know, the numbers aren't what they are, they are, but the thing is, is by the definition here, instead of false, so that's an important distinction to make, okay? So when you have, when you have a, what what is it, uh, doesn't find that it's uh, positive evidence of a crime did not occur. Now, what what's okay so what did happen was it a false allegation was it unfounded was it unsubstantiated did the did the uh victim or or even the the uh the one who was accused of it did their stories not line up mm-hmm. okay does that mean it was a false accusation it doesn't matter but we're still going to pretend that because it wasn't a, a classified as a false accusation ergo 92 to 98 percent of all cases are they're always telling the truth that's how you get hashtag believe all women yep. yeah that's how that's where that comes from and actually i did some re- research as well mm-hmm. so basically he said two percent two to ten percent but you chose you know obviously the the lower number or whatever mm-hmm. but there's three main reasons why women uh do the false you know allegations one personal gain two mental m- mental illness and then also revenge so mm-hmm. just like the motive behind false, um, you know, um, accusations is, is crazy because, like it's like we said before, they might feel like, you know what, this guy did, did this to me. Let's get some, you know, revenge or whatever. But mm-hmm. the point is, is, is that, like, it's all how they feel about it. So just crazy. So here's the bottom line, guys, when it comes to false uh, grape accusations. There is no accurate way to measure it, and we do not know how many allegations are false. We just know that it does happen, but there's no real accurate way to measure it, okay? Because, like I said, the... The, the, the data that they used to pull this to only 2 to 10% is false. It's all faulty, guys. So we really don't know. There's no real accurate way to measure that because it, there's so many other things that come into play, okay, uh, for that statistic. Um, so I guess – so we talked about – just a quick overview for you guys real quick for some of you guys because I see we already got 7,714 people watching, like guys. Like the video, man. Please gosh. like the video, guys. This, this video is going to be – This uh... took a lot of work to make. So, yeah. so quick little thing. So we went over the, the background on why we're doing this. The current grape culture hysteria, it's not an epidemic. How we got here, the history of Me Too, we defined grape according to the FBI. Uh, we introduced the, the – there's three predominant college studies that showed that that they got this uh, one in five women as, uh, you know, assaulted on a college campus. We debunked those, the issues with those studies. 
right? Uh, then we talked about, um, you know, <clears throat> the CDC, which is uh, the 2015 study, which a lot of uh, feminist idea, uh, the, the feminist narrative of we live in a grape culture comes from, you know, a one in five women is, is raped or a victim of essay, which we talked about how they used stalking. They used phone, unwanted phone calls, unwanted text messages, swearing at your significant other. Uh, if you had sex with someone un- because they were unhappy and you felt pressured to please them. This all encompasses SA and grape under the CDC, guys, and there's much more than that, too. And on top of that, they had a low response rate. Uh, they didn't use the uh, – hold on on my notes here. The low response rate. It was a telephone – it was a telephonic survey, right, done randomly, cold calling. Low, uh, um, let's see here. They used alcohol-facilitated interactions, which in itself is already going to cause a whole bunch of issues because you can have drunk a couple of glasses of wine with your wife and still be considered a grapist under the CDC, and um, vaguely administered questions, guys, which all of these advocacy research um, studies that we used, which feminists pull from all the time, guys, they're poorly constructed studies that don't use a, uh, have low response rates. They don't use um, a representative sample. And typically there's an agenda behind it, guys. It's not, it's not done typically like uh, with the empirical data like we just showed you with the NCVS, which is the golden standard of criminal statistics. They choose to not look at that, and they want to ask women ambiguous questions that leave it open to interpretation to make them feel like they were the a victim of a serious crime. And it's, it's important to remember that when you get – and now, Myron, when yeah. you get a girl in here who throws that one out there, you're already – like we say, oh, well, go watch this episode – that's not enough because they won't go and do the homework to to or have the insight to uh, to do anything that would conflict with that ego investment in one in five or, you know, what uh, two to eight percent of, you know, false accusations. They're not going to have the wherewithal to actually go look that up, but they still believe the meme. They still believe that one in five is a thing and they don't know where they got that from. They have no idea how that entered their brain. They heard they picked it up from from one of their girlfriends. They picked it up online. They picked it up from one of their teachers at the university, whatever it is. But at somewhere along the line, they got that meme and it was satisfying enough for them to want to repeat it on this show with you right here. Mm-hmm. Now you can refute that. Now you can say, OK, we, we know that this is nonsense and I, let me show you. But the problem is, is this and you need to keep this in mind. OK. Because what we've done here is just this Herculean effort to to debunk all this stuff. Now, remember, this is a cardinal rule of bullshit. Okay, the cardinal rule of bullshit is this, is that it is an order of magnitude greater to refute bullshit than it is to create bullshit. Okay, so when someone comes on here and goes one in five, it will take you an entire show (laughs) that took us two weeks to compile all this data. To refute that bullshit. So that's when when you see that, understand that that's what you're dealing with. And is it worth it to, to sit there and go, here, let me give you all this data and let me let me educate you? Or is it just like, okay. And guys, keep in mind that this is this is just <laughs> yes. a summary. There's much yes. more. Yeah. And we're gonna put the study we down for you guys, but we can't go over everything. We've been doing on the show. four or five hours. And we're gonna drop this one. And we gotta drop this one. So you know what, guys? So now we know where we're at right now. Yeah. Where do we go from here? What's next with um with, with what's what's going on right now? Clearly, we see that we're in a clown world where uh, there is no real definition, at least according to CDC and these other advocacy type research studies. Um, well, this is easy. Yeah, well, I guess Fresh, you can go ahead and give us your what your take on it, what you see in the future, and then Rolo. Mm-hmm. Uh, you already know mine, bro. Yeah. Work here, 
I'll be from the Columbia or somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> that we avoid all the bull crap yeah. and I'll have to deal with these laws. But no, real talk, man. Like, honestly, only did with high interest girls. And even then, you never really yeah. know because even at that point, she could say, you know what? Yeah, I like him. But my friends may think, think I'm, a, uh, you know, a hoe, whatever. So, you know what? I want to retract that consent and say, you know what? <sighs> Sorry, buddy. You're going yeah. to jail. So, the point is, man, is that you never really know. Obviously, though, you're better, you have a better chance dealing with high interest chicks. But overall, don't force it, you know, the, the scenario. If she's not going for it, you know what? You could leave. Um, I'm calling a different girl because at that point, now you're given the option to leave and not force it onto her. Real mm-hmm. quick, because I want to give Rolla the last word. Yeah. We, uh, you know, me and Rolla discussed this right before the show, um, how, you know, it started with uh, no means no, affirmative consent, enthusiastic. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to turn it to Rolla to talk uh, to talk about this, about what you predict in the future. Uh, you're older than us, so you've kind of seen the change in, in, in how mm-hmm. consent is administered now. Uh, and what you perceive, I guess we could go from how it started to where, where you see going. Well, in the I see, I see, con- I see consent is evolving according to the influence and the, the social power that women achieve sort of incrementally. So if you look at like, it, it went, it went like this, uh, what was it? No means no. And that was like, I, I think I mentioned this earlier. No means no was like in the nineties or something. And then you get to yes means yes. That was just as recent as like 2009, 2010, 2012, maybe something like that. And then you get from there to affirmative consent and affirmative consent is where you get Dave Chappelle, you know, with his comedy skits like, oh, can I touch you here? Can I touch you here? You know, it's like, here's the checklist. You sign this waiver and then we can go have sex kind of thing Mm -hmm. that, you know, that's how litigious that we have to be, because if we don't, then we can't. First of all, we can't have sex. And then second of all, it's like we have to protect, like men have to protect themselves. You guys have been on this show, and I forget who you had on here. It might have been the lawyers or something like that, where you're talking about like you need to videotape everything or like secretly record yeah. your conversations with a girl that you want to smash with. Because if there's any discrepancy later on, or if there's any kind of like, you know, legal fallout as a result of that, you want to have a backup like that guy with the, the video, uh, you know, the closed circuit TV stuff. And that's what saved his ass. It didn't say it saved him from criminal charges but it didn't save him from getting expelled from usc so there's still that that aspect of it too so we have that's the degree and ladies if you're watching this appreciate the fact that that's the risk that guys take when they're trying to get with you when when a guy wants to like oh how come guys don't approach (laughs) oh i feel i feel like what john travolta and you know (laughs) and in Pulp Fiction, it's like, yeah, because women don't understand. Like you say, oh, men, men need to man up. They're, they're pussies. They won't, they won't approach. Well, I do. I, I understand why a lot of guys, particularly the MGTOW, Black Pill Doomers, are always like, oh, I don't want to. I'll, I'll get false accusations or whatever if I, if I go in. They don't want to take that chance. There's a reason why they don't. Because what happens, and this is, this is just me spitballing here, is that I think that one of the, one of the ways that women weed out the beta males from the alpha from the high value alpha male guys is that those are the guys that they want to have sex with. Those are the guys that they want. And any guy that tries to approach them, that isn't up to their, up to their measure up to that, you know, is, is the 80 percenter guys, they should know well enough to stay away from women until they at least come up, you know, into that 20 percentile that they want yeah, to, until they level up to the point right now where guys are, are, are fearful of going to jail or getting false grape accusations or even just harassment or suspicion of that as a result. So they, so that's why guys develop a scarcity mentality. They think, well, it'll never work for me that we just got this guy who's this, this black pill doomer in the UK right now who just lost his mind. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. As, as a result. And so you, yeah, of course, 
And so you can get to the level, those levels of paranoia, particularly if that guy already has mental problems to begin with, mm -hmm. and then he realizes he's doomed, it's never going to work for him. That's really tough, especially when we do an episode just like this, that is essentially a filtering system for women who say, you know what, stay in your lane. If you're, if you're a blue pill guy, if you're beta, stay in your lane. And I think guys need to, to realize that. And I think women also need to realize that as well. They need to say, okay, this is getting to the point it's, that it's ridiculous. And you want to know what women, why, why is it that fertility rates are dropping? Why is it that marriage rates are dropping? Why is it that guys having sex in this generation? Why are those, those rates dropping as a result of this sort of you know, endemic fear that we live in this quote unquote great culture. And that's, that's what we're teaching our, our young ladies. Where at the same time, we're teaching guys stay in your lane. How do we get out of this? First of all, level up. That's number one. Yeah. And then second of all, realize the situation that you're in. Right. Most guys, when they get into a bad situation or they get a scarcity mentality, or they get into a position where it's like, they don't like the juice ain't worth the squeeze or whatever it is. This is why now, you know, that, so here, how do you work and how do you excel and how do you succeed within that in the, within those paradigms? You either give up or you level up. Those are the those are the two ways that you can do so. So is it going to change? Uh, is a meteor going to hit the earth tomorrow? I don't know. But the the, the fact is, is that we're going to keep going this way until we get to uh, enthusiastic consent, which is the next step here, which is if that woman isn't clawing your your clothes off to have sex with if she's not dtf right then and there showing you that that's what she's about then it's not sex that she wanted to have that's why like duty and sex even if and you do engage in it like mr usc you could still get in trouble and yep. you can still get in trouble yeah exactly so there it's it's a it's a dangerous place for guys to navigate right now and so one is guys understand the environment that you're in and find a way to thrive in that and ladies, understand that if guys aren't coming on to you, they're 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 hesitant to talk to you. This is the future you created. This mm. is this is the the future that all, that you're uh, what's Alisic and those other rest of those guys who are like you know, you're, you know pushing this rape culture thing for the last twenty years. Here we are. This is this is what you get as a result of that. So going forward, you either can excel in that and adapt to it, or you can just simply give up. Yep. Bam. All right, guys. We uh, he is Rolo Tomasi, the author of the Rational Mail series. Guys, go follow him on YouTube. His channel, Rational Mail, and then Rational Mail clips as well. Yes, down below. And uh, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. This was a very serious episode. All the studies are going to be linked below. Guys, protect yourselves, man. Mm -hmm. You know the now. You, you now you know the hard data. You know the CDC is overinflated. These advocacy studies have overinflated the real numbers. And uh, we'll catch you guys here in about. Well, well, guys, in about 20, did, 30 minutes. We did a lot of work. I want to say I appreciate both of you for this because this was like one of the most intense ones we've ever done where yeah, we had to yeah. actually do our homework for this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Even I did homework. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, man. And we enjoyed it. Yeah. So, guys, thank you so much for tuning in, man. Share this with uh, with an angry feminist that claims that uh, we live in a grape <laughs> culture. Uh, share this with other men that you know that might be you know susceptible to, to this, man. Because, guys, guys, you got to protect yourselves. We just saw how the CDC overinflates the numbers and the, these advocacy studies. So, We'll catch you guys here in a little bit. Peace. Peace.